0: And Gosh. don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee either. Really? Yeah. The fuck you guys do? I eat sugar. Can't you tell? You should probably just eat, drink coffee. <laughs> coffee, actually, <laughs> I have ADHD, so it makes me tired. Really? So coffee, wow. caffeine has the opposite effect. So that's why a lot of ADD kids or well, ADHD have, kids. Yeah, I have ADHD eat, big time. Eat sugar. Because do you put a lot of sugar in your coffee? I don't have any sugar. You just drink black coffee? Well, cream, and it doesn't make you sleepy at all. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm always sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. You're probably <laughs> drinking coffee. Yeah. Probably the coffee you're drinking is making yeah, you probably. tired. Probably. So it's like caffeine and speed. That's why I like Ritalin and Adderall, those are all speed uh-huh. because they balance out the ADHD. Yep. It has the opposite effect. So where it, that's how you know if you actually have ADHD or not. Because if you take Adderall and you don't have ADHD, you're just on speed. Yeah. So you'll still be hyper focused, yeah, yeah. but you'll be your mind will be racing. Whereas when you have ADHD, it calms you down and helps you focus. I've been on uh,
1: Alpha Brain. Oh yeah, I've been on that for like a month and a half. Does it work?
0: Yeah. What's in it? i don't fucking know. Joe Rogan says it's good. Well, Joe says it's good, then it must be good. <laughs> it's, it's excellent. I'm sure nobody paid him to say that.
1: No, it's, uh, your focus on it after like a week and a half, it's like extreme. You know, there's things like on job sites and stuff I don't think about. And then when I take that, I'm like, yep. You know, I can, everything runs so smooth and it's just,
0: it's weird. You never once looked at the ingredients. I hear you get what's in Alpha Brain for me. It's good um, shit. It's good shit. Yeah. You've been on it for a month and a half. How much is it? It's like 100 bucks. For how many pills? 90. Uh, it's pills, right? Yeah. How many are you supposed to take a day? Two. At the same time?
1: Yeah. In the morning? Yeah, I take it in the morning. I took it like two hours before I got here because I ran out and my shipment came in today. Came in today? Yeah. <laughs> is it on like
0: a subscription? No, I just buy it every month. Where do they sell it? Is it on Amazon yeah, thing? Yeah, you can get Amazon alpha brain we just did a commercial for alpha brain you're fucking welcome yeah all seven of my listeners are gonna (laughs) buy it immediately what are you are you watching a video (laughs) listen
1: the ingredients are very long so i was looking to see how to pronounce them oh is there a just look at the major ingredients yeah is there like a there should be like four
0: phospho that yeah that's for good stuff yeah yeah, I've heard that's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what any of that is. So it's not like, doesn't have any real names to it. Just made up science stuff. Mm.
1: There's organic rice hole concentrate. That's what, you see,
0: it's the concentrate part.
1: What's a rice hole
0: concentrate? It's, it's not, a
1: rice hole. It's not half of it. It's the whole of it. There's also citric acid. See,
0: that's good for you. Is it? Yeah. How, Absolutely. Do you know that for sure or are you just making that up? I don't know. I'm focusing better. You're just hopeful. Yeah. Try. (laughs) It's placebo. Anything. Well, I don't care if it's a placebo. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) I have some pills for you to try too. (laughs) Sweet. What do you got there? A hundred dollars a month. (laughs) It'll be excellent. It'll be excellent. So who are you and what do you do?
1: Uh, Robert Bollier, uh, Tallinn County Foundation Replacement. What is foundation replacement for? So in Connecticut right now, um, it's more like the Tallinn County area, hence the name. Um, there is a mineral that's in the aggregate. It's called pyrotite and it's making the, you know, it's basically expanding. It's an iron sulfate that's in there and it's, uh, basically expanding inside the concrete. And when it expands, it's making the foundations basically crumble not crumbling they're more lifting than anything but you know they're falling apart
0: so how did that and that ingredient or item get into the concrete
1: it's just naturally occurring it's it's a mineral that's in there so it's uh it's just iron that's in the stone that they used so it's just the aggregate like in the concrete you know you mix the stone in with the concrete, that's what's in there so it's Hmm. just
0: rusting basically so was there, like, a time frame that this stuff was used, or is it just... Yeah, it happened a... in,
1: like, 82, um, up to, like, 2002, um, I've seen, yeah, big time frame.
0: That's a long fucking time to be like, eh, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I know. I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I heard that it came out in 99, that was when, like, you know, started being a real issue. I think, you know, a couple houses before then started to have an issue sooner, but it's, you know, it's definitely
0: a problem for everybody around this area. For anybody that had houses built in that time frame? In that time frame, yeah. So how many houses has it affected, do you think?
1: They're thinking it might be around 32,000. Now, you know, I've said that before, around 32,000. Some people call you out on it, but, you know, I'm also including, you know, talk about garage foundations, you know, barns, um, sheds. People put foundations on there. Piers, you know, it's technically a foundation. um you know all those houses everything so it's it was one company that was pouring it um that you know i had the concrete that was bad so they say might be more than one not too sure though
0: so did that was that mineral did that mineral make it cheaper to pour the foundation or was it just a happenstance
1: no it just happened like that yeah it was just you know it's just the stone that they added in the concrete
0: is that company still around no Nope. Did they go out of business in 2000 when it all came out, or did they? Uh they went out, and I think it was like 2006, 2007. So can they be held accountable for that, or they? It, it's not that situation. They really didn't
1: hold them accountable, or so. I mean, it was you know it was a small business too, so it's not like they can you know, hey, we need you know hundred million dollars. A company like that wouldn't have that money, anyways. Well, one company doing thirty thousand homes, I feel like they made some money. Yeah, but not, not compared to what it costs to replace the foundation. Right. I mean, you know, it's uh, insurance companies came forward, you know, helping out a little bit, and then you know they they have a fund set aside for for uh, the state of Connecticut, it's helping out with that too. What's the craziest foundation situation you've been in with changing them out? I mean, we're doing condos right now in Vernon. Um, you know, those are, they're a little tough. You know, they're eight unit condos, are about 160 feet long. So it's, you know, interesting, say the least. Um, you know, we're doing four unit condos, eights, sixes. Um, you know, it all depends. Um, you know, we've done some houses, there was one that we did on Stafford and uh, right off the back of the house is about four feet off. It dropped down like 60 feet. It was a clip. They built a house on a clip, so that was that was fun to replace that one. That's incredible. Yeah, you got to get heavy equipment around there, and yeah, it was that was interesting. Kept me on your feet, that's for sure. Yeah, Try I bet.
0: <laughs> how long are people put out of their house?
1: Uh, about three to four months. Um, you know, a lot of them, you know, we can get done a lot quicker. Uh, doing a four unit condo right now, we're at a month. It just went back down on its foundation, so you know it's. We're moving pretty quick, you know, some other guys. This is our fifty second house we're doing in seventh condo. So you know, we know what we're doing. Been doing it for a long time.
0: How long have you been doing it?
1: Oh Jesus. This is uh I think we're on five or six years now. Been doing it. So we were like one of the first five that came out to you know, really
0: start so doing had these. fifty houses in five years. So we do ten yeah. houses on average a year? Yeah. Yep. Jesus. That's not many. Considering not thirty-two
1: thousand, right? Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Like not. It'll take forever. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's never going to be completely done. There's, there's no way. I mean, you do, you know, they can do about a hundred and, you know, say hundred and ten houses a year. That's what the fund allows for. You know, it's three hundred twenty years, right? So
0: the fund only allows for a hundred and ten houses a year. Yeah, and you can do ten. Oh, we can do more than 10. You well, can do But you're you know. doing 10 on average. Yeah. And so if there's, what, how many companies to do it?
1: Uh, When we started, there was like five. Now there's, I don't even know. There's, I don't even look at the list. I mean,
0: there's some guys on there. No, it shouldn't be. You know, it's- uh, Yeah, there always is. Absolutely. You know, Every list has people on it that shouldn't be on yeah. it. Even in like the video world. Like yeah. we talk about it all the time. We're like, what the fuck is the standard of yeah. entry? Like yep. what's- uh, When we got on, though, it
1: was like a vigorous thing. You know, they wanted- to know everything about your company. Yeah. And, you know, they wanted to know if you've done one before, you know, now it's just, you know, there's some guys on there, it's sheet rocker. You know, it's. He's got a fucking forklift. Yeah. He's like, no, it'll be fine. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, you gotta know what you're doing, man. It's just, this is someone's, this is their biggest asset that they've ever bought. Yeah. It's their house. And, you know, I wouldn't give it to a company that, you know. Just starting out, that's for sure. How do people know that they have a crumbling foundation? You'll see It's called map cracking. So basically the foundation, you could just see it. It looks like a big map. So just, you know, start chipping away. You can see the cracks everywhere. You know, people start having trouble with their doors, walls, you know, windows, stuff like that. So what so. happens
0: if you have a finished basement? That's got to go. No, but like if you have a finished basement, oh, how see? do you see
1: it? Um, It's tough. I mean, if it's like really finished, you know, it's you really can't you can see from the outside some spots um most cases though, you got to rip your sheetrock down and you know some of the worst foundations i've seen was when people had a finished found, uh basement because it keeps all the moisture in so they're putting insulation up behind the you know two by fours and it's just sucking and all the moisture it has no way to do people
0: put insulation on their basement yeah
1: really yeah yeah so when they when they're uh when they finish the basement, they'll do, you know, two by fours and then, you know, insulate it. Then they'll have the sheetrock. Hmm. So that's kind of the worst I've seen is when, you know, it's holding in all the moisture. It gets real bad that way.
0: How did you get into it?
1: Uh, so we were doing custom houses before. Yeah. And then my father back in the 90s, he actually worked for a company. It's called uh, Hicks Building Movers. Um, so he was actually moving houses with them. So he was doing that in the early 90s. We started, you know, he was doing that. And then, you know, the economy picked back up. So, you know, we did custom houses afterwards. And then, you know, this whole thing happened. And we're like, my father goes, hey, I know how to do these. So, you know, the first like 10 houses we did ourselves, we lifted them up and, you know, it was fun actually, you know, doing those, um, being involved on every portion of it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But, you know, now it's, the insurance after a while just killed us for, you know, lifting and we're paying like a hundred grand a year for just a premium and lifting. So it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> to do it yourself? Yeah. Do it ourselves. So, you know, 10 houses, it's a year. It's not really. Right. You know, it doesn't work out too well, but you know, we got a lifter. He does our lifting for us. Concrete guy, he comes in. We pretty much, our company, you know, we'll do all the demo, do the rebuild, um, take out the foundation. Most of it, though, we're, you know, we're GCing everything. We, you know, we have to, we're running everybody and make sure, you know, we have the best guys too. So we have the best companies that come in there and, you know, do electrical plumbing. So it runs a lot smoother that way. If it you're is. good at what you do, that's why we're going to use you.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, because that's what I was going to say. It sounds like you guys are more GCing stuff.
1: Yeah, we're GCing a lot of it. Um, but a lot of it, I mean, it's, you know, the paperwork, the, uh, you know, Paperwork side, my father's running, you know, all the crews and everything too. So he's, you know, he's on top of that. I'm on top of it. You know, we have our guys also. We're doing, you know, we do all the excavation, Um, you know, get everything ready pretty much for, so the subs, you know, are basically uh, electrician, plumbers, which they got to be licensed for. And then, uh, you know, we have another concrete, that guy guy that comes in here. I don't really feel like hiring another, you know, 15 guys just to a foundation. So. Right. You know they're good at what they do, so you know it's it's a big uh, you know it's it's like a big assembly line too. So we can get a lot of jobs done too because it's you know they can do their portion while we move on to the next one. So
0: works out good that way. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, keep it smooth. Yep, absolutely. So did you go to school for for something? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: I did high school. Um, I actually I went to college. You know. Went for real estate um, right out of high you school. did go to college for real estate? Oh, well, it was a course I took. Yeah, I went to
0: college there. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you graduate? You
1: sure did, yeah. I got a 98 in my class for real estate. But, you know, when I was going to go for real estate, that's when the uh, economy just collapsed. 2008? Yep. So right when that happened, I was like, you know what? I really don't want to work for somebody doing this right now. So you know we've been through some tough times but you know it's I don't know if I can do the real estate I, I, don't, know. There, I don't know some people drive me crazy
0: I'm like, dealing with the fucking bank right now to build my yeah. house and it's like I did all the stuff to qualify and they're like you qualified and now they're like okay now do all this stuff oh, yeah and it's the yeah. same stuff I was like we just did all this and you said I qualified for the money they're like yeah but now you have to do this stuff to get the money yeah it's not easy I'm like what does that mean yeah. like I qualify like so I have to qualify, and then I have to qualify again? Yeah, you pre qualified. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's I all mean, because banks fucked
1: it up in 2008. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know if they should have ever been
0: bailed out, to be honest with you. They shouldn't have been. No. I am a firm believer yeah. that banks should not be no, bailed out. No, if your company the, fails, I mean. That's capitalism. That's how it works. This whole fucking idea yeah. of it too big to fail is the yep. dumbest shit oh, yeah. ever created. yeah, absolutely. Like That's the point. Like and All now, the money you're using to bail people out should go to people what's for happening unemployment.
1: with all the banks. You know, I my, I myself, I'm not putting much into my banks. It yeah. scares the hell out of me. I don't know what's going to happen. You're seeing all these banks fail. I really don't. I'm not trusting in them right now. How many are you seeing
0: fail? There's only one, right?
1: Out Two? in California? Yeah. No, there's three banks that failed. And then uh, Rhode Island just went out, didn't they? There was a there was a bank out there too.
0: I don't know. Was there a Rhode Island bank that just closed too? Well, it's because it's all virtual money now. It will be soon. My financial advisor explained it to me. Like, you ever seen um, what's that fucking Christmas movie? It's A Wonderful Life. No, you never seen it. Sounds horrible. You're a terrible person for not seeing it. <laughs> first of all, it's like one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. Oh, I'll put it on my list this year. Jesus, this is, I'm sad for you. <laughs> Well, there's a scene in there where everybody comes to the bank looking yep. for their money and they don't have it because that's not how banks work. Like banks use the money that you give them to loan to other people and to make money off yep. of.
1: I mean, right now, I'm just trying to, you know, scoop up real estate basically. If, you know, instead of keeping in the bank, you know, I'll just, you know, if I can buy property, they're not making any more property. Right. So, you know, you're smarter that way than you know, if you were to keep it in a bank.
0: Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what my dad said. They're not making any more land, right? No, they're not. No. Like no more land is being made. So no. what? whatever's there for purchase and available.
1: Well, even, is... you know, regulations too on land also. You know, you have to consider that. I mean, I tried putting a carport on my house. They said I was, you know, I was 96 feet to the wetlands. And I had to be 90, or I, yeah, I was 95 feet, needed to be 96 to wetlands. So then I had to go pull something with, you know, the town, put something in the paper. There's nobody near me. There's like 300 acres around me. Yeah. I mean, really? And it's 12 feet downhill. Right. I'm sorry, but if I'm getting 12 feet of water, we're all screwed. (laughs) It's it's not happening. So, yeah, I mean, regulations on stuff is a little crazy. You know, it's just...
0: Well, the new- You know, for wetlands, for this, for that, it's, I mean- Yeah, well, they they make all kinds of new- Oh, yeah. Building regulations. Like, dude, look yeah. at the new insulation regulations in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. It's insane.
1: Yeah. You either have to do two by eight walls, which, good luck finding a jam for that, for, you know, windows, for doors, or you're going with, you know, spray insulation. So, the, you have to actually, the spray foam insulation, you have to put in now. Yeah. And-
0: it went from like 15 grand to yeah 50 grand. Yeah,
1: I built my brother's house out in Asher. And his house, because, you know, they'll do an air test to see, you know, it's a blow test to see how well insulated your house is. So we did that, and the house was too tight. So so we actually had to put in a fresh air inlet in his house running 24-7. Now, what sense is that? And, you know, you're making sick houses, is what you're doing. Right. You want to have these houses so tight and energy efficient. I mean, energy is great, but not when everyone's getting sick. Right. You know, it's, what are you going to pay an extra, you know, five gallons a year because it's a little drafty? I mean, it's not. What do you mean it's making people sick? The houses are too tight. There's no air circulation. There's no circulation. No, there's no circulation at all. I mean, I think it's it's a joke. You know, the whole thing that bugs me, it's your house. That's the part that bugs me. It's your house. It's not, you know, it's it's not the bank's house. It's not the government's house. It's your house. You should say, hey, I want to put an R10. Yeah. All right, that's up to you. You know, it's it shouldn't have to do with, you know, how much insulation you have in your house to qualify for this and that
0: and get an inspection to pass. It's crazy. Well, do they do it because in case you're going to sell the house to somebody else? I like got oh. a house that was built in the
1: 60s. Right. I have no insulation in my house. <laughs> I right. mean, you know, what do I have to tell that to the next homeowner? know, oh, hey, there's no insulation in
0: the walls. Well, I mean, they're going to do <laughs> inspections. Yeah. I assume you did an inspection before you bought it.
1: Yeah, but what are you going to do? Open up the She Rock walls before you buy the house to see how much R-Valley is in the walls? Right. No. Nobody does that.
0: Well, that's the thing. That's It's just all of the rules and regulations that they put on people for their stuff mm. is crazy. And that's where I think the big political divide starts to happen. Yep. And where people start to get crazy. Yeah. Because both the far left and the far right want what they want. Right. Right. They want what they want. Yeah. And they find what they want to be the most important thing. And then there's some rational middle people, which I like to believe that I'm at least somewhere in that group of people of the rational middle. But I want what I want too. Yeah. Right. And so I fall left sometimes and I fall right other times. And I just, that's why I'm in the middle because, and there's a lot of shit where I just don't care. Like if it doesn't affect me, I don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, I don't care. Right. That's,
1: you know, that's what I mean by the building code too. I mean, if you want say R24 in your walls, how's that affecting me?
0: Right, like there should be a range, right? right. There should yeah. be like, a, it needs to be at least this.
1: Or like, hey, you're And it can't go house, past this. Yeah, but your house qualified for this. You know, make that a selling point. You want to sell your house, you have a two-star rating on energy efficient.
0: Yeah, see, I don't know enough. I mean, it's just- I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough to know how dangerous it is to have your house too insulated or not insulated enough. I know based on like my dad was a plumber yeah, and I had a bunch of uncles that- worked in blue collar work. Yep. Right. And I know guys like you where I can talk to you and be like, yo, what the fuck is this?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you talk to any contractor, you're going to say it's way too insulated. That's it's crazy. It really
0: is. Right. So why would they make that a rule?
1: Energy efficient. I mean, look what they're trying to do with propane.
0: What are they trying to do? They're trying to
1: get rid of propane
0: now. Are they really? Yeah. Why? No. Have him look it up. (laughs) Why are they trying to get rid of propane? Um, I mean, I'm, I want to go to solar anyways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's definitely a good idea. Seems like the smartest way to yeah. go anyways. But a lot of towns now too, they're only making it that uh, you can, you have to sell it back to the grid. Right. You know, there's only a couple towns, like my father's building a house up in Union and, you know, that's, they really don't care too much. You know, he's completely off grid. So, you know, you want to talk about an energy efficient house, you know, he has, you know, 60 acres around his house and, you know, he can, he has all the firewood he needs for heat. You know, he's running his whole entire house off of the heat there with the outside wood boiler and he has solar and he has the, uh, the Tesla backup batteries too. Right. So he's got enough for, you know, six days. Us, I mean, even if we have solar, you know, if you don't have a backup battery with it, what good are you doing?
0: Right, you know, you're just selling it back to them at a lower rate. Yeah, I mean, you're you're eliminating your bill at a certain point. Yeah, but then you're helping but them. You're still helping the the machine. Yeah. Which I'm not I'm not opposed to helping. Like I'm not opposed to it. Like I don't need to be off grid. Like that. This is where I'm like I don't give a fuck. Well, you
1: don't need to be like, off grid. I want to like need to.
0: Like I don't want to. Right. But <laughs> if that ever comes with solar, you can at least easily get there.
1: Could. Yeah. You,
0: like you could like you if, could if the world starts to come to an end. And I already have solar installed. I know that I can disconnect from the grid.
1: You need something and, to store it, though, right? Yeah,
0: and I'm sure we could, you know. But at some point, we're going to have a battery backup.
1: You better think about that beforehand, though. I
0: am. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, before the world ends, but yeah. I'm not going to spend the hundred grand just on the initial build of my house. Right? Like, I'm not. I'm not well off like that. Yeah. Like I just, yeah, I have to build responsibly based on my budget. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I know that I want to build the house that I want and I want features that I want. So I can build other stuff over time. Right. Right. Like I'm sold later. I can put the battery in later. I can, like, if I have the infrastructure for it, then I can add it. Right. Right. I'm thinking ahead. I'm not necessarily just being like, I need all this and I need it right now. Yeah. I can get it down the road. Yeah. And I think, again, going back to like the left and the right being broken apart and being wild neither one of the the crazies on either side mm-hmm. seem to understand that it takes time to get somewhere. Right. Like it, t- it takes time yeah. to get to the point yeah. that you want. Yep. Right. It, it doesn't matter which thing you want, whether you want, whether you want this much more freedom of this or this much more freedom of that. It still takes the time it takes to right. accomplish They're, that. Like yeah. women didn't get the right to vote until after black men got the right to vote. Right. Yeah. So it's, our our country has always been more sexist than it has been racist and it's still racist and sexist yeah continuously like like i'm not in denial of that fact i see it i understand it i get it and i it's i care to a point yeah i care to the point of which what can i do yeah right i can teach the people around me i can say what i say to the people around me and i can correct myself and i can sometimes correct the people around me be like yeah it's not really what it is
1: yeah I mean, I know that you've been to you know more states and everything than I have, yeah, obviously, but you know, with for me, you know, speaking of myself, you know, race I've never thought was an issue. you know, right. I all I ever ask people to do, wake up, put your big boy pants on go to work. You know, if everybody's doing that, I don't care what color you are man. You could be green, blue, I don't, and that's care.
0: that's a Connecticut thing.
1: Yeah. That's it very might be, much a Connecticut
0: yeah. thing. Like, Connecticut, yeah. as much as it gets a bad rap, Connecticut is one of the best states to live in as far as culturally.
1: But even down south. I mean, I took a trip down south, and I swear, they don't- Which part of the south? Louisiana.
0: Yeah, Louisiana's a little different. Have you ever been to Mississippi, Arkansas, yeah. Alabama? Yeah. That's where it gets, like, rough. <laughs> North Carolina, South yeah. Carolina, Georgia. Well, it seemed to me, like, when I went
1: down there and- parts of texas yeah but it doesn't seem like they you know actually a guy i know from louisiana he was saying you know y'all more racist up here than we are and you know and it's it is true it can be yeah and i just you know i feel like that but
0: it's just it's a matter of looking at like you're talking about on the individual level yeah and then you look at it as like a systemic issue Right. There is systemic racism. Like, it just is. And it's not... Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not mad... Like, yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'm not going out there and marching about it. But I understand why people could be mad about it. And I understand that it's unfair, so they should do... They should make accommodations for it to become more fair. But again, these things take time, and they have been... Oh, yeah. ...over time working with them. And a lot of people, a lot of good people, have been murdered and died oh, to yeah. get a lot of things oh, that yeah, people have. Yeah. And what I... Like, the conversation of white privilege, I'm very aware of it. I understand what white privilege is. I understand that I have it. And I understand the concept of, like, white privilege is not me getting extra stuff. It's the understanding that no law has ever been made to give me equality to somebody else. All laws have always been given to make somebody else equal to me. Whether it be women, black people, brown people, whatever it is, that's what—all laws have been made— to boost them or amendments have been to boost other people to where I already am throughout history. And that's what white privilege is. That's the understanding of white privilege that I understand. And I go, yes, I get it. There are poor white people. There are, there are destitute white people. And there are, there are people of color that are very affluent and have great lives. Like Mm -hmm. there, there are exceptions to all rules. Right. And when you have exceptions to rules, rules, and you have people in the numbers of the millions or billions, the exceptions become a larger number. Like if you have, you know, if you have a million people and it's one in every hundred or whatever the math ends up being or one in every thousand or whatever it is, that million people, 50,000 people are the exception to the rule or 100,000 people are exceptions to the rule or 300,000 people are the exception to the rule. Yeah. Now that's when the rule is designed based on the majority. Right. So if yeah. if if seven out of 10 people do this thing this way, then we create that as the rule and we go, OK, this is the rule. Right. That's how we get standardized testing. That's how we get public school systems. That's how yeah, we get systems you, in general. Do you
1: also think that maybe to stop dealing with all the race issues, maybe we just stop talking about it?
0: that's a very white male way of looking at it. And I don't mean that as as an insult. I mean as like you have to talk about things for them to be fixed. I think there's ways to talk about them that aren't so aggressive and that aren't so victimizing. Yeah,
1: Like don't don't come from it. Like the way I was saying though, you know, I don't, I don't, that's how it should be taught. You know, like it doesn't matter. Right. We're all, we're all red on the inside, man. Yes. It's seriously, it's not what a pigment.
0: Right, Seriously? That, but like, that's just,
1: people are crazy though, it's and again, that's that comes from a down.
0: very rational, yeah. very logical place. Yeah, right. But then you have, I mean, when's the last time you saw a white guy choke to death on a sub on a subway in the media? I don't right. take so. Right, but just in general, like, even if you saw it in the media, I don't know. Would it make? Would it make news? It probably wouldn't. So why is it making news? Because that that's the narrative it, that people want to push. There you go. Right. So stop talking about. It, right. I don't so, know that. I don't know that anybody's ever solved anything by stopping talking about it. I mean, I've you know,
1: when I was I mean, younger, you, go so, out to the bars and stuff like that. So let's you know how many it, of us got beaten up by cops and stuff? So
0: didn't we didn't make the news? Let's put it in terms <laughs> like this. Let's let's really narrow it down to the individual. If your wife was cheating on you, mm-hmm. right, and she just was cheating on you with multiple people. Not that she would, and I don't think she ever would. I'm just using this as hypothetical. If your wife is cheating on with you multiple people, mm-hmm. is the best way to fix it to not talk about it or to have a conversation about it? You can't just ignore it away. And if we both agree that there are systemic issues of race in our systems, which we already said we do, yeah. then we can't not talk about them. We have to talk about them in a different way. We have to talk about them in a way that is towards a solution not towards a this is the problem, right? And sometimes we have to talk about, yes, this is the problem in order to get to a solution, but the solution has to be a solution that fits the majority, not the exception to the rule. So that's where it becomes, how do we figure this out? And then we have a bunch of politicians that are elected that are basically just there to try and keep their job and just, like, they're not actually helping. No. Right, like, they're not actually there to help. And then...
1: See, I don't even know why we have presidents. Anymore. I don't know either. To be honest with you. I mean, seriously, if I was to run for president, how about everybody just send in for a vote on something? It's that simple. Oh, you want gay marriage? Hey, we're going to take a vote nationwide. Okay, cool. Everybody's happy. You got 60%, you know, wants this.
0: We already have learned that the popular vote doesn't always win in our electoral system because our electoral college. Right. So that's where you have to get rid of the electoral college. And then it's like, okay, well, then who's not represented? Right? Okay, well, these smaller states that have like a smaller demographic, they then become not represented because they have a half a million well, yeah, people. But,
1: but I'm not talking New York about City. State has talking about the individual. Right. We're
0: yeah. talking about the individual. So yeah. then we have to take the popular vote. So if we're going to take the popular vote, then Trump didn't win. Right? Trump didn't even win the first election in the popular vote. Right? He won the electoral college. So he won the election. It's so he became news. president. Fake. fake news. Right, but I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. it, I'm a white, straight male. It doesn't really affect me. I understand that it does affect other people, and I do yeah. understand that there are policies and policy makers that do affect individuals very differently than they affect me. And they don't affect me necessarily, not just because I'm a white, straight male, but also because I built a life where I wouldn't allow it to affect me as much. I took control of my life. I built my own business. I built my own stuff. Right. I said, okay, I want control. And I've been doing that since I was a kid. I've been doing that since I was young. Yeah, right. Even when I was chasing my dreams of being a filmmaker and living in New York and living in L.A. and traveling the United States, doing all the stuff that I do, I made very conscious decisions not to get married. I made very conscious decisions not to have children. I made very conscious decisions to make sure that I was safe in all of the things that I did, sexually and otherwise, so I wouldn't get trapped or stuck in an uncomfortable situation, whether it be with kids or a disease or any other thing that you yeah. could possibly get from this stuff. Like, I made very conscious decisions to be responsible of those things so I could do what I wanted, right? And then when I decided to adopt my niece and she became my daughter, I made new conscious decisions to go, okay, how can I take control right. and still give my daughter what she needs? And there's, that's in where the argument of, oh, well, you have white privilege, you, you have I don't have barriers. That's real. Like people don't look at my skin color and I mean they might now. In the in the world that we're living in today, we do as white men get kind of a side eye sometimes. Yeah. But in general terms when we go into a business, you know, one of the biggest things I can remember talking about with my buddy Desmond who is a black dude and he's very he's a good-looking dude, fit, in shape, well-spoken, comes from a good family. If we both walked into the same building, both wearing ripped jeans and a hoodie and with the hood up, he's going to get stopped and I'm going to walk right in. And that's, to me, that's the difference in that's what we're talking about. And it's happened to us before. Yeah. Like we literally dressed the same and we'd walk into buildings and they'd stop him and I'd walk in. Right. Right. So it's, it's little nuances that when you travel and you see the world outside of your town or your state, you can start to go, oh, this is a thing. This is something that's occurring. Yep. Is it affecting me enough where I can reach out and help people? Not really. Because I would have to invest my whole life in it. Yeah. And I'm not prepared to invest my whole life into somebody else's struggle. If that struggle comes to my front door, I'm happy to help. Right? Like when when Black Lives Matter was all the rage and all of the things that everybody talked about and people would say, "Oh, well, all lives matter." I would correct them. Mm. And I would say, "Well, that's not the point. The point isn't that all lives matter." Not all lives are what we're talking about right now. We're not saying nobody else matters. We're just saying that these people matter as much, right? Yeah. So, and that was the conversation. That was the conversation people wanted to have. And then there was the opposite side of it that was like, oh, well, they're a nonprofit, but they're spending all their money on this, this, and this. Every nonprofit does that. Mm -hmm. Every nonprofit takes profit. The only difference between a nonprofit and a profit company is at the end of the year, a nonprofit has to zero out their books. And if that means giving bonuses or buying shit, that's what they do. Whereas a for-profit business, what we do is we keep our profits and we let them roll over and we utilize them in different ways as the years go on. But so to say that, oh, this nonprofit is shitty because they use this money to buy this property or buy this thing or do that, like, I don't know that that's true because look at the Red Cross. I don't know what the exact amount is, but it's like- It's under 10% of the money they collect goes to actually helping people. Yeah. Right? So it's... It's true.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the nonprofits and stuff like that, too. I mean, you know, when... Because we, we donated a lot this year. Yeah. Right. Last past year, for uh, we did St. Jude. Yeah. And I looked at, you know, what the give back is compared to a lot of
0: the nonprofits. That's why I try and donate locally. Yeah, like that, And that's how
1: yep. I believe that you can only help what you can reach. It's funny because we did, Uh, we were trying to do uh, Toys for Tots. Yep. And uh, apparently I was like a little too late. You know, we did a, it was a late Christmas party. I'll, I'll take blame on that. Yeah. We definitely had it a little too late. And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, we, you know, I said, well, screw it. I'll collect all the toys, you know, and I'll, I'll find somewhere afterwards you know, I can give these to. Nobody wanted them, which is the craziest yeah. thing. I had like eight garbage bags full of toys, brand new toys. I mean, it would make anybody happy. So, uh, Hartford Hospital, they didn't, no, I mean, they said that they have like a shipping place that you could send it to, it'll keep them there. I'm like, yeah. what is going on?
0: You couldn't bring them to a shelter?
1: Uh, I actually brought it to, um, uh, Will Manic. They have a place out there for, you know, yeah. help people out there. It was good. So yeah, so that's not a spot for, well, you know, it's like three days before but Christmas. It's the, yeah, <laughs> it's the
0: bigger companies that don't take it because yeah. they have too much.
1: Exactly. Which is
0: why yeah. I try to don- nice,
1: local. Yes, absolutely.
0: The more yeah. you can donate to your own community, the more you can make your own community better, yep. the better off your life is going to yep. be. And this is what I try and explain to people, like even in South Windsor, right where I live, people complain about the taxes. I'm like, well, the taxes go to the school system. And when you have a good school system, you have well-educated kids. When you have well-educated kids, you have safe neighborhoods Yeah. because they're well-educated. The less educated your kids are, the more ignorant shit they're going to do because that's how intelligence works. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that just because you're not educated, you're not intelligent. It just means that if you don't have structure in your life and you don't have a regiment in your life, you're not going to be as healthy and stable as the rest of the people. Right. Right? And there's you know, talking about the systemic parts of our world, you know, you have, in my travels, I've noticed that in brown and black urban neighborhoods or poor neighborhoods, when the cops come, everybody goes inside because it's not safe. In a white neighborhood or an affluent neighborhood, when the cops come, everybody comes outside because now it's safe. We're taught different things. We're taught to behave different ways. And in the 50s, 40s, even part of the sixties and some of the seventies, when cops went to those rallies in those in those neighborhoods, they just beat the shit out of everybody. Right? That like that's how it worked. So when cops came, you taught your kids stay away from the cops. The cops are dangerous. So it's just passed. So on it's passed generation. on yeah. generationally yeah. to think that this group of people are not there to help. So who's gonna stop that though?
1: Who's gonna actually say, you know, cops that's- are good?
0: that's where the conversation happens, yeah. right? That's where when we see videos of cops shooting hoops in an urban neighborhood with right. a bunch of black kids or a bunch of brown kids and they're having fun and they're doing yeah. dance-offs and they're having fun with them, that's the stuff that needs to be shared. But nobody I likes to
1: share be, quality think stuff. I that stuff should be shared way more than... Absolutely. Stuff. You know, it's... Uh, you know, that's that is one of the biggest problems, though, with media, everything. Mm-hmm. They're never sharing anything positive. You never hear anything positive. It's always negative. You know, that's why I got rid of cable. Turn on something. It's always negative. No one's ever positive on anything. It's it's sad, actually. Well, look at—I mean, if you look at a generation news and be like, "Hey, that was that was good," no, you're always pissed off. Something. What
0: generation are you? Are you a millennial? I don't know. What year were you born? Eighty-seven. So yeah, you're a millennial. Nah. Yeah, you are. You're technically a millennial. Nah. (laughs) Isn't he a millennial? Or is he in that weird bracket that I'm in? What year did you say again? 87. 87? 87?
1: Early 87, so maybe it's different.
0: Er, yeah, early 87. So anyone between eight, 1981 and 96 is a, a millennial. millennial. Oh, so cool. you're right in the heart of the millennial age. Ugh. But millennials aren't even the worst anymore. Gen Z are the worst now, so you'll, yeah, you've will you, graduated. Yeah. That's a plus, I guess. Um, What are you, then? I'm a I'm in the middle. I'm a Gen X, but I'm in that weird, like I'm yeah, in that weird bracket of like the from funny. So 70... oh,
1: you grew up kind of the same way I did. Yeah,
0: pretty much. You know, but so we also it's... grew up in the same town. Yeah, that's a very yeah. and again we grew up in Connecticut, which is very different, right, than anywhere else. And you yeah. grew up in northern Connecticut, even southern like anywhere in Connecticut. Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, like there's very is.
0: few neighborhoods except like, for now.
1: Yeah, just kids like... are... I don't know.
0: Well, that's what I was gonna talk about is the idea that you have this victimization that's occurring right now, that everybody gets attention through being a victim on the internet. Absolutely, yeah. And when you feel like you're a victim or you create this victimized world, that's when I don't know how to help you. Like and I'm going through it with my daughter and I love my daughter and I and my daughter's, you know, I want her to be a good kid and I want her to be a strong individual, independent person. But her first two years of neglect have have traumatized her for her existence, and we're, and we're working through it. And she goes to therapy, and she does all these things, but she loves to play the victim card. She loves to say, oh, poor me, or, oh, my life is harder because, or how come they get this and I don't? And, like, she has a good fucking life. She wants for nothing, right? I have very few rules on how to get stuff in my house, and it's get good grades, be honest, don't be lazy.
1: Yeah, I, I talk to my wife about this a lot, too, and I, you know, I really want to do more charity work, you know, and you got to bring the kids, too. Yeah. You know, bring them to a homeless shelter. Yep. You know, uh, you know, food pantry, something, you know, someone where they can actually see because, you know, kids get pissed out Took my iPad, you know, you, you know, I don't have a cell phone. I'm 10 years old. Seriously? You know. Yeah. How about you have a house, you have food, your lights are on, you know, the kids aren't seeing that. Maybe if they did see it, yeah, it would wake them up a
0: lot. Well, it's also,
1: you know, I'm I'm
0: pretty strict, Yep, especially even compared to my wife. I'm pretty strict. And because we have a weird dynamic in my house where her daughter is the same age as my daughter, but I don't have, I don't make any rules for her daughter and she doesn't make any rules for my daughter. That's,
1: you know, the reason why you're like that too, is you run a business. So do right. I. We can't deal with shit.
0: She runs a business too.
1: Yeah. But we can't, you know, there's only so much that we could put up with. And then the small stuff, that's, that's how I get annoyed. But, you know, I don't want to do this. You want to see my play today? You know, of what I have to deal with? You know, your stuff is my new. Yeah. And it's just like, no, absolutely not. That's, you know, that's what I tell my kids. No. You know, instead of hearing them out, it's just a no, I'm sorry. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I got too much stuff going on. I'm not saying my kids aren't important, but, you know, if you want to complain to me because, you know, you can't buy a new video game and, you know, you're... Did you clean up the yard? Yeah. Did you do anything around the house? I will say my daughter
0: doesn't complain about buying stuff or having stuff. Yeah, yeah. It becomes like...
1: I mean, my kids are, you know, it's small yeah. stuff, you know, and it's funny. You so, you are things. a couple a few years younger than mine. Yeah, my daughter's uh, 13. His yeah. son is eight. Yeah, so she's a but years it But it's just funny, you know, it's... You know, it's a $2 video game. Yeah. But, you know, it's still, you want something, go do something for it. Right.
0: You know, I want something to return here. Yeah. you know, Well, you earn stuff in life. Exactly. You have to earn stuff. And I think that we're in this weird time period where kids aren't required to earn what they have in a lot of neighborhoods. They're just given stuff. Yeah. Right? They expect to have a car when they're 16. They expect to have a phone. They expect to have... Like a phone's a thousand dollars.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like
0: that's real. Like a well, phone that's, is
1: that's a minimal. Yeah. I mean, then you're talking monthly payments. Right, and then you still have a monthly payment. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so it's... you're never, you know, it's never a thousand dollars. You know, all said and done, by the time they're twenty years old, when you dump to the phone, six,
0: seven grand. Right, and then they want a smartwatch, <laughs> and you're like, eh, yeah. like I won't give yeah. my kid a smartwatch. I'm like, <laughs> you don't need a fucking smartwatch. What do you need a smartwatch for? On Amazon, like, what Amazon? What do you? Ten bucks. Like what? But <laughs> you don't need it. No. No. But the, but the one on Amazon for 10 bucks isn't enough, right? Cuz they want yeah. they want the iPhone and then they want the Apple Watch and then they want this yeah. and then they want that and it's it's never there's always new technology and there's always new stuff that all the other kids are getting that they want to have. Yep. Yeah. And then you also get into this weird dynamic where when we were younger, I was 14, 13, 14 years old, I was working. Yeah. There's nowhere Absolutely. for them to work now. Because one they're not allowed to work <laughs> until they're 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Most places is 16. Yeah. So even when they're 15, there's not really anywhere for them to work to save money to buy the car when they're 16. Right. And then who's going to pay a fucking 15, 16-year-old person that doesn't know shit $15 an hour to do menial tasks? Yeah. Like, there's, there has to be some sort of—and yes, you get into the fucking argument of child labor laws and all this stuff. I'm not saying kids should work 50, 60 hours a week right? $7 a fucking hour. I'm right. thinking they should have a job for ten hours, twelve hours a week, a week. Yeah. Which a is week. like yeah. three hours a day, two hours a day. And it shows them responsibility. At like eight too. bucks eight yeah. bucks an hour. yeah, Which is honestly, I don't know if you know this, is higher than the minimum wage in most states. Still at eight bucks an hour. Minimum wage in like, I think it's like Georgia or something is like four seventy five. Like that's crazy to Jesus. me. Jesus. Which is why again, I say Connecticut is a great place to live because minimum wage here is about to be fifteen bucks an hour right. in June, right so that's where I get my minimum I mean, wage conversation $15 an hour
1: I mean, what does that come out to a year fifteen dollars an hour you're like twenty thousand probably
0: no it's more than that I think like twenty after taxes you're talking gross or you're talking net well, then it depends on like if you're if you're a minor, you don't get taxed right because you're a dependent right so What's what's the math on that, real quick? We talking gross full time? Gross full time, forty hours a week. Thirty one thousand. Thirty one thousand. That's a livable wage. If you do the math, that's not livable for Connecticut. It's not thriving, <laughs> but it's livable. It's absolutely livable. Thirty two thousand. Absolutely. You want to do the math? I've done it. I did it on my last podcast. I'll do it on this one with you, so you can see it. How much is an apartment right now? Two bedroom.
1: Two better apartment, yep. probably thirteen hundred bucks. Great.
0: Split it in half because you can get a roommate. How much you're rent now? Seven fifty. Six fifty. Seven fifty. Six fifty. Yep. Six fifty, yep. right? So you might want to tally this up because we're gonna ask for a number. So six fifty is rent. Mm-hmm. Right? Call all your utilities. We'll say you have internet, you have electric, you have water, you have what else is in there? What else are you paying now, Tyler? Do you say internet? Internet, internet. Cable. Cable. Well, internet, I'm not going to say cable because you All have internet right, yeah. so you can okay. stream. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's yep. streaming. So okay. internet, and then you have electricity. your your electricity, your heat and water. So
1: I'll figure...
0: Figure 300 bucks. Okay. So it's split. So, and you're splitting yeah. it with your roommate. Yep. So 150 bucks. Okay. Right? A month. A month. Okay. Okay. Now you get a car. Minimum car payment. If you get a used car, you find a car for like 12 grand. You buy it at a lot, so you have to pay your your payment every for whatever. Say it's kind of July.
1: You drive. Let's let's call
0: it. Let's call it three hundred for twelve grand. Yeah, Yeah, a decent car for twelve, thirteen grand. You're talking about a Corolla. You're not talking about a nice truck. Yep. We're talking about a living wage here. We're not talking about thriving. We're talking about a Toyota Corolla.
1: All right. So say twelve grand. So so
0: you figure three fifty a month. Okay. And that's even high, I think. Okay. Let's call it three fifty a month. Yep. Three fifty a month for your car. Food food figure let's call it let's even make it high let's say you're eating 500 bucks a month worth of food okay okay yeah what else do you have you want insurance a, insurance car. on your car that's probably 60 70 bucks a month okay if you just get minimal coverage cell phone cell phone probably 45 a month if you get the cheapest cell phone okay right you can actually get them for less than that if you get because again you're on a living wage you're not on thriving wage. Correct. so let's call it 35 a month for a cell phone okay right
1: that's pushing, but yeah, we'll say that you can get it. Five, five. You okay. you can
0: get it through like Boost Mobile. Okay, yeah. You can get a or a burner phone. You yep. can buy a burner phone and just buy minutes. Okay. So you just have to be gas money. Gas money. Let's call it three hundred bucks a month. Okay. On gas because you're driving a Corolla, so you're getting around and you're working somewhere local. Yep. All right. So what do we add a month? 2055. Two thousand fifty-five. Two thousand fifty-five dollars times twelve. Twenty-four thousand six hundred and sixty. Twenty-four thousand. Clothes. Okay. A year, you're going to spend maybe twelve hundred dollars on clothes. So divide that. That's a hundred bucks a month. You're still at twenty-five grand. So you're thirty-two thousand dollars a year that you were making at fifteen bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. You're still living fine. You're on a living wage. We're not talking thriving. We're right. talking living. Living. Yeah. This is a living wage. Yep. Right, and if you, all you're willing to do is the bare minimum of work, you don't want to go to school, you don't want to w- learn a skill or a trade. Right, right. That yeah. then this is what you get. You get to live. Right, this is yeah, a living wage, not, and yeah. at thirty-two thousand dollars a year, the state's going to supplement your your health insurance. Correct. So you're not going to spend more than more than fifty bucks if you're even paying. Right, because I'm pretty sure at thirty thousand dollars a year, no, you're getting yeah. it for free. Yep. Right. So you have free health care. Yep. And this is. This is living.
1: Yeah. Right? This is a so, living. You're alive. So, what you're saying is that's the
0: problem. Yes. The problem is 100%. everybody wants to thrive. Everybody wants to thrive without doing any work. Correct. That's the problem. Absolutely. Everybody thinks they deserve yes. eighty dollars to $100,000 a year without doing any of the work 100%. and getting any of the. I have college kids that come right out of college that are demanding that they get $25, $30 bucks an hour. Because they yeah. went to college. And I'm like, but how much experience do you have? How fast are see, you see the college thing, it just college
1: bugs me. I mean, I know that there's there is a place, you know, for college. Yes. Doctors, you know, lawyers. Yeah. You know, there's obviously a place for it. And, you know, just for instance, when I was in high school, all right? So junior senior year, right after school, I'd leave and I'd go to work. every. Yeah. Single day. Yeah. And I'd work Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So the funniest thing was I, uh so I had to go to the guidance counselor. They messed up on one of my things. I was supposed to, apparently I flunked a uh, science class uh, freshman year. Okay. Why they moved me on to sophomore, I don't know.
0: No kid left behind. You're a millennial. <laughs> apparently. That's a millennial thing.
1: Yeah. So I had to, senior year, I had to go back and take fresh freshman science right so guidance counselor said you will never succeed basically so she said where are you planning on going to college i said "Um, i don't want to go to college Mm -hmm. so she had a recording going this is the funniest thing so she had a recording going and uh she goes what do you mean you don't want to go to college i go why the hell would i want to go to college she goes well why wouldn't you she's like you're never going to be successful I said, well, that's weird. So it was, it was pretty funny though because that day I had like four grand in my pocket. Now I'm a senior in high school. At four grand in your pocket, I was going to the bank afterwards to deposit in my account. So she goes, "You're never going to be successful." So it's like, well, wait a second. Pull out four thousand dollars in cash. You know what kid, eighteen year old, has that? So she goes, "What is that?" I go, "Well, this is two weeks of pay." It was. It was. You know. It was probably like a month and a half. Sure. So what was funny though is, you know, she's saying I'll never be successful. I was a senior in high school and I was making more than what she was making being a guidance counselor. Yep. And that just cracks me up because she's telling you that you need to get a college degree. Now, why would I want to do that? And I told her that. I said, why would I want to spend $100,000 to be in debt right away? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Or, if there's not anything you want to do with it.
1: Correct. But I would rather spend $100,000 and put that into a company. See, that's that's the main problem with schools now. They're
0: teaching that you have to go to college to do something. You don't have to. If you, I think we're getting away from that narrative yeah, a little we, bit. Yeah, now finally. I think there's, because there's a lot of talk of there's trades. starting to you, happen, though. The problem with it is, in my opinion, People don't look at college for what the value that college actually holds. The value of college is the network. Going to school and having an emotional experience with people of your own age for four years, doing the same exact thing, allows is a cost of entry to get into a business later on in life. Like If I build strong friendships and a network of people and I'm good at what I do, when I'm ready... I can use those networks and those people to create value in my existence. Though, right? You know, that's that's individualized. Right. Right. So, if you, it depends on what you want to do. Yeah. What you want to do with your life matters. So you have to figure out what matters to you, and then figure out how to get to that thing. But
1: the biggest problem, though, was, you know, I told, you know, the guidance counselor that you know I was going to go for real estate number one, which market collapsed, so I didn't do that. But I was a framer. I was building custom houses. That's what I was doing. That's, you know, and not everybody, you know, I do have probably ADHD or ADD big time, you know, but I can focus on other things. And for me sitting in a class, oh my God. I mean, when I was in for real estate, I fell asleep in the class like 12 times. I still got a 98, you know, I know what to do, but you know, for college and stuff, I feel like a lot of it's just a waste of money for people. You know, they can invest that in
0: other things. Again, it's a waste of money depending on what you want to what do. You want to do correct. But if you're and you again, you had the benefit of having a father that was in construction. Right. So you had connections and like if I wanted to be a plumber, I wouldn't have had to go to school. I could have went and got my licenses and worked with my dad and, right. and become very successful in that world. Absolutely. It just wasn't a world that interested me. Yeah. Right. So you there that's what I mean by you have to find what matters to you and then find a path to that. And that path may take a long time. Like the, the yeah. path to my business right now that I have took me almost 20 years to get here. Yeah. And I and I took a very long road to get here, but I had a lot of fun and a lot of really great experiences. And I traveled around the United States and I saw a lot of things. Right. And I learned a lot about culture. And it made me the person I am today. Yeah. So I took the long route to get to where I am today, but I knew what I wanted going into it. It just this is what it manifested into. Right. All those skills and all those things that I learned manifested into this thing well, that I built. Put, the thing is though, correct you put into it. Right.
1: You put the time, dedication, you didn't quit. You know, if you wanted to do this, you wanted to do it. Correct. Now that's that's one of the problems though. You know, people just trying to
0: skate by Right, and that's what we're talking about with the living wage versus a thriving wage. You have all of these young kids that at this point in their life are wanting a thriving wage. Right. I had a girl quit here because I only gave 12 paid days off a day, a year. That's all I gave. Yeah. And that's two weeks of paid vacation. Like, where else are you going to go and get that? I
1: get zero paid vacation. Exactly. Exactly. But people don't see the dedication that you put in. You know, it's going to, the first ones to actually be envious of you, and I hate to say it this way, but are people that are working for you. Right. But they don't see the struggle that you went to get there. Yeah. So, you know, somebody once told me this and it, it always cracks me up. They said, <clears throat> being successful in a business is like being pregnant. Everybody wants to congratulate you, but they don't know how many times you've been fucked. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a blue collar thing. It's, it's so it's, true it's though. Amazing. That's yeah, fact.
1: It's so true. You yeah. know, I've been through so many so times not. in business and you know, it's just, it's how it is, but you know what? Dust yourself off, get up and then go at it. You know, yes. that's what you have to do.
0: But that's what I'm saying is that we're in a, there is a group of people that don't want to work. And then they want to complain. Like you sat yeah. there and told me that $32,000 wasn't a living wage. And now it's it, tough though. Not for me. Not for you, but yeah. but you have kids, and you have a right. wife, and you right. built a world that you built up to it. Yeah. I guarantee you, when you first started out, you weren't making more than, like, 30, 40 grand a year. I wish I was. Right. Back
1: then. I, I wish mean, I was, too. I remember, so this was probably seven or eight years ago. I didn't have enough money to buy a cup of coffee from Cumberland Farm. Yeah. I remember sitting... At the Cumberland Farms in Manchester. And, you know, I was building a house for somebody. Gorgeous house. Just filled up my tank with fuel. Just paid for my daughter's school. Just paid, you know, everything that needed to be paid. And I remember sitting there looking through my truck going, I don't have 99 cents. Look at my bank account, negative. And guess what? I'm not getting coffee that day. You know, I struggled like hell. And, you know, and now people, you know, Oh, must be nice. Don't, don't even, I, you know, it's the struggle, you know, and I think honestly though, with, if you are successful, you know, you look back on those things too. And, you know, the struggle is kind of the best part of being successful. If you look at it that way, because it reminds me of what you came from, you know, if things were given to you, You don't look at it that way. If you're actually, you know, successful and you struggled like hell to get there, I tell you, the struggle, you know, sometimes is like the best part when you think about
0: it. Make sure to come back for part two to hear the rest of this discussion.